Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 13, Iris. I am Jeremy, Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and that strange man who lives three houses down from you and likes to peek inside your windows when you're just about to fall asleep. Your investigators of the unknown are Gabe as Roy. I prefer to investigate the known. Matt as Rocky. I personally prefer to expect the already expected. It makes things a little bit easier. And Brian as Pippa. I'd like to see both your managers, please. Sure thing, Karen. Well, welcome back, players. How is everybody doing tonight? Good. Alive. Our routers are rebooted, our sound doesn't work, and I'm drinking some red wine. That means that it's a good night. 10 out of 10. Would podcast again. Anybody hear what he said? His sound doesn't work. (laughs) Well, listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. We would love to hear from you. Good or bad. Good. Also... A gentle reminder that if you would like to chat with us in real time, join our Discord server at discord.lovecrafttapes.com today, and Brian will make you an NFT for free. Not create one for you, but create one out of you. You will be my NFT. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes, so thank you to those folks. All right, before we begin, we need to take a quick... Commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. In a world where corruption runs rampant. In a city where violence is around every corner. On a street where sin is sold wholesale. In a high-rise where Satan worshippers congregate every harvest moon. In a room where a little boy peers frightfully into his closet. Under the bed where a box of things meant for donation gathered dust. In a book where words have been scrawled in some long-forgotten language. On a page where someone scrawled a dick butt in one corner in the ink where pigment runs blood red coming this summer to a theater near you in complete sentences the movie from the studio that brought you starring Jennifer Holloway as Michael D. Yarner as former and introducing Rebecca Lovelace as the irresistible directed by two-time Academy Award winner never has there been a tale so full of so representative of and so damn sexy you'll want to Run, don't walk to the nearest. Incomplete sentences. A movie so good you'll need to. Twice. Rated. And we're back. What'd you guys think of that product in your service? Hey, you. I liked it. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give that a very solid Gary. I think that the presenter did a good job, and he's handsome. God. I am so sick and tired of that product tender service. They've been pushing it forever on billboards, newspaper print ads, full-page magazine spreads, radio spots, television commercials, and that dancing guy in a giant foam banana suit holding up a sign on the street corner. I mean, yeah, that guy was delicious once I peeled him, but... Oh, wait. Maybe that product tender service didn't make me sick. Maybe it was eating that guy. I don't get it. Before we venture forward, let us briefly review your Diary of the Dead. Dum-dum-dum-dum! 
Oh, there's a lot of new street names because I'm a genius. The numbered paintings that we they thought were numbered paintings are actually street numbers. What do you guys think these street names represent in relation to what the photos and or paintings are showing you? Like maybe at some point they all come together and merge into one point that we should um, avoid at all costs. I mean, go investigate. <laughs> I think that's good enough for now. We can launch into it. Launch. Now. Dear investigators, we play Case 13, Tape 8, Fungus Among Us. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say, and our art-loving investigators test their mettle against the impenetrable works displayed at Zepter Museum. Rocky makes a sizable donation to acquire Marigold's studio location, but doesn't appreciate the handout he receives in return. Roy deduces that the photographs must point to secret locations, but when he goes for a leisurely cab ride at midnight, he finds the unexpected. Pippa chats up Tomislav, promising to bring him a late-night snack, but she hardly expected these dogs to be quite so hot. Will these unlikely out-of-towners find where Charles Blaine resides now, or will they succumb to the pressures of their increasingly unhinged imagination? Bum-bum-bum. Investigators, it is morning. The three of you are sitting in a booth at a cafe called The Mad Monk, a few blocks away from the hotel. Since splitting up after the party last night, you haven't seen each other or spoken. In fact, you've all been unusually quiet at breakfast. However, the sound of another patron the next booth over trying to cut up a Snickers bar with a knife and fork is starting to grate on your nerves. One of you needs to break the ice. Garcon, more coffee. Garcon meets boy. Guys. I uh, had an ex experience last night. I'm not sure how to even quantify this. I went to buy the hot dogs. I purchased two hot dogs. When I looked down, they were two small people. It was Tina and Tommy. I just took off running, and I, I ended up in my room, and I just I, I buried myself under the pillow. But that's not the worst of it. I had the worst dream I think I've ever had in my life. I woke up and I was warm and surrounded. And then some type of cold liquid started to cover my body. I had no idea what was going on, but I couldn't move. It was I was trapped on both sides. And I managed to lift my head enough to look forward towards my feet. Just in time as I saw Charles Blaine, 30 feet tall, opening his mouth to bite my feet off. I was in a hot dog bun. I woke up in a terrible sweat, and I, I, I've been up all night. You guys have experience here. What, what does this mean? It means you probably got a shady back alley hot dog. Sounds like you didn't sleep enough. I should have known better than to tell you guys. I also had some events last night, so maybe there's a pattern here, because last night when I was taking that cab ride, I saw bugs and I got out just to go catch up with them, but... You know, he was busy, and we ignored it. So then I went about, and I was going to the park, practicing some baseball moves, thinking I'll probably get, you know, the call up soon. And then I, I heard this scream, so I ran over. You know, it was by that pond with all the, you know, creepy statues of, like, fairies and stuff and goblins, and I don't know what the statues are of. I just know they're creepy. There was a group of late-night party people. You know, I, I always expect late-night party people to be around in the park, but there was this one young lady who really was in a bad way, and they were helping her, which is... I know it must have been pretty bad if they stopped partying to help someone, because that's not their way. So when I, when I looked into it, it turned out that this chick had her arm, like, mauled, and she was saying that it was some hairless gray dog, like how we've been dealing with. So, you know, then the police went to look, and I did some looking, but the police made me stop because they were worried that I would solve it and they wouldn't get a paycheck. So then I had to go back to the hotel, 
And then I also had a bad dream. But, uh, you know, mine was a little different. Mine was, like, kind of short and sweet, but kind of terrifying. I was in the photo of Charles Blaine. I couldn't get out. And I was stuck in there with him. And he just kept repeating that there was no escape. And this is what life is now. And I don't know, it just messed with me. And I could see you two looking in at me. Probably didn't get enough sleep. Hey, she got you there. So, does this mean that something has affected us? Is there any food or anything we shared that we all tried or anything? Roy, did you eat any hot dogs yesterday? Yeah, which stand did you go to? The people one. Did you go to my friend Stan? I mean, he does have the best hot dogs in all of New York, so can you really blame us? But he sits down. Yeah, he has no legs. Rocky, what do you make of this? We It can't be a coincidence. We both had these weird experiences, and then we had crazy dreams about Charles Blaine. Well, it's not just the two of you. I went out uh, last night to retrieve um, an item that I was I was borrowing from someone to uh, do a little more investigating. And I went to pick it up at the drop-off point, and instead of finding what I was looking for, I found a severed hand, a bloody stump severed hand just in a dumpster. It's a little awkward, but it only got more awkward when Officer Loliola showed up, and I very much had to spend some time convincing her that I was not the one who cut the hand off nor placed it there to begin with. After her pinning me up against a wall with a gun in my face and some very heated discussion about probability and alibis, uh, we did manage to calm things down a bit and take a, a closer look at the hand and it it had a, a tattoo right between the the thumb and the forefinger that said ou812 now loliola being the the beat cop that she is uh recognized it belonged to someone named diamond dave a local teller character we'll call him now we don't know where the rest of the body is but just to be safe, the officer did take the hand into evidence, and she said she would update me if they found anything else. I have a feeling that the bloody stump might have had something to do with the dream that I had that night. You see, I was back in that same alley, right next to the dumpster, and every every so often I would hear a scream, and I would run towards it, turn a corner, and I would be right back at that dumpster. Same spot. And then I'd hear another scream, and I'd turn another corner right back at that dumpster. And then another scream, and another corner, and no matter which way I went, no matter where I looked, no matter how I turned or ran, I always ended up trapped in that back alley next to that dumpster with someone screaming helplessly somewhere off in the dark mists. Why didn't you help him? Because I wasn't getting enough sleep. All right, there's no connection. His dream wasn't about Charles Blaine. Yeah. All right. This city's messing with us. Yeah, it's either the city or something to do with these paintings and pictures. Or Charles, maybe trying to send us a message. Uh, He has my phone number. Rocky, was it a woman's scream or a man's scream? Could you tell? I couldn't. It was... You can tell us. A scream, but it was that kind of just scream of sheer terror and panic that it was in that territory of it could have gone either way, honestly. I say we just continue working any leads that we have. I mean, the last thing that we got off those photos were streets. Let's look at a map. It's a picture of a place, and it shows you surroundings and streets. (laughs) I know what Gary, Indiana is. Clearly, Charles Blaine is in Gary, Indiana. He's probably in Deep River. Or maybe the Long Lake. Do you mind looking at at, uh, the map? Why don't you go ahead and give me, Rocky, a library use would be sufficient here and uh, you can take a bonus die because the guys are helping you all right here i needed an 80 i rolled a 60 which is already a success but let's see if we can't make that a little bit lower uh nope 60 is where it's gonna be so rocky's taking a look at the phone kind of looking trying to find pinching and zooming and just trying to figure out is there any connection between these things and the best you can find out is that each of these streets in some way shape or form is along a subway route, but there are no subway stations at these particular uh, locations. I mean, we have had sightings of the dog man thing. 
in the subway tunnels. So maybe that's where everything is leading us to. Maybe there's something under the city. Let's finish up here and uh, see if we can catch Choo Choo McGee. I also need to make a phone call real quick. I did manage to acquire the the location of our uh, mysterious artist, and we probably should go visit at some time. However, I have been advised that it would probably be best if we called ahead of time. Shouldn't you call the person you're going to see instead of ahead of time? Ahead of time is their booking agent. Oh, yes. Well, why don't you call now? We can plan our day around availability. We're going to pull out the sheet of paper that has the phone number on it, and we are going to dial... Marigold's phone number and see who picks up, if anybody. Yeah, you get a uh, answering machine that says, uh, Hello, you've reached DBRT Studios. Please leave a message. Yes, um, hello. I uh, received this number from the curator over at the Zepter Museum of Art. I was hoping to, to maybe have some sort of uh, face-to-face meet with you. Uh, I'd like to ask you a few questions, particularly a few uh, relating to your old friend, Charles Blaine. And you hear the receiver pick up? Hello? Yes, hello. I assume that you are the artist known formally as MRGLD. Yes, uh, you said you got this number from Barnard? Yes, um, I was at the uh, exhibit for your latest pieces uh, last night, and um, I happened to notice that, well, in one of your photos, one of the subjects was uh, one Charles Blaine. Well, I'm I'm quite busy right now. Uh, Could you perhaps stop by the studio? We could talk about this more. Yes, of course. Just um, whenever is convenient for you. When when should I be there? Uh, what are you doing right now? Uh, we're currently eating. We? Yes, I, I do have um, a pair of companions with me. We we travel as a, a team of sorts. We... Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of an agoraphobe. Um, w- would you mind coming alone? Oh, of course. If if that is what makes you comfortable, then I, I will be there on my own. Just... Just me. Only Monica. Me. You have the address? Yes, yes. Um, Bernard gave that to me as well. All right. Uh, I will see you soon. I'll, I'll be expecting you. All right. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Goodbye. Click. You can't just say click. You have to hang up the phone. It it doesn't work that way. She knew how it worked. I don't believe that anyone we've ever called would know. I can hear you gasping. For, it's not... You have to hang up the phone. You can't just make the noises. Why, why does nobody around here know how a phone works? I don't get it. And then the call is terminated. If you two feel like um, saying hello to old Choo Choo McGee, I believe I have to head for a meeting with our artist friend. Will you be okay to go alone? She specifically requested, said she's a bit of an agoraphobe. She doesn't have to come outside. We could wait outside for you if that makes you feel comfortable. We can just go see Choo Choo. Or we can go see Choo Choo. I I just want to make sure that we're covering each other's backs. After the experience last night? I should be just fine. No, there's some magical force that makes me want to split up. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Keep your your phone handy. Roy, you want to go check out Choo Choo? Yeah, he's a cool guy, I imagine. And I guess I'm going to go visit uh, Marigold. You up for a walk, Roy? Yeah. Me too. Let's let's work off this breakfast. And we'll walk outside. Hey, yo, taxi! Ah, right here! Roy and Pippa, you're kindly directed down a flight of wide, tiled steps to a series of small offices that are on the same level as the lower stations and overlook the tracks. It takes only a few minutes to find the one you're looking for, and it's clearly marked... McGee, administrator. Inside, you can see a stoop-shouldered, gray-haired old man dressed in denim overalls and plaid shirt, frantically punching buttons on a computer keyboard and sorting through a tall stack of loose-leaf papers. His once blue eyes are now stone-colored behind smeared bifocals, but there is an intelligence and intensity to his gaze. Pull Roy aside real quick. We need to get this information. But we need to have him give it freely, obviously. I don't want to impersonate anybody, obviously, because he's going to see right through that. I'm sure he sees that junk all day long. I don't need to impersonate anybody. I am an investigator. Where's your credentials, sir? They're around. 
Okay, that's the first thing he's going to ask for. He can quiz me. I'll back you up on whatever you want to do. I just, I just know we need to get this information. Should we just be honest and say we're investigating and we'd like his help? I guess. Might be the way to go, honestly, in this situation. I've never tried it, but it could work, maybe. All right, well, I'm going to knock. Mr. McGee? Yeah, come in. Have a seat. I just, hang on, just a second. I gotta, I gotta get this thing in. I can, I, I'm a hunting pecker, so it's gonna take me a minute, all right? Just have a seat, both of you. I'll, I'll be with you in a second. And exclamation point. All right, what can I do for you? To be 100% honest, we're, in, we're investigating some sightings of a dog-type creature that's been attacking people. Have, have you heard anything about that? Wait a minute. Are you the two youngsters to help out my girl? Yes, yes. we are. That stupid dog of hers? Yes. Eh, Brutus. I would just get another one down to the pet shop. It's not a big deal. I appreciate you guys helping, you know. Well, you guys like want a fiver or something? No, no. I I can't ask those people to do more than they already are doing. I don't know fiver. I'm not a hip on the things. What can I do for you? We just wanted to ask you a couple questions, if you don't mind. Ask away. Yep, I'm all ears. I'm going to slide over the piece of paper with with all the streets. Does this look familiar to you for any reason? Like, is there a subway run that that goes under all of these, or... Mm, All right, give me a second here. He punches a couple things in the computer, looks up at you, kind of looks at both of you really intensely. And I'll wave. Types a few more things in, and he's like, where'd you guys get this list? We went to an art gallery, surprisingly enough, and all of these were on every picture in the art gallery. We have reason to believe that the dog is going to these locations. The dog? Oh, you mean the thing that people see? The naked wolf. It sounds weird, but I've seen weirder down here, you know what I'm saying? I could only imagine. What have you seen? There was a guy on the subway just the other week. He had like a dead parrot in his hand. That thing had gone to the heavenly choir, you know? And he was just picking, like, the feathers one by one off of its little corpse. Left quite a mess, I must say. And people were not very happy. Parrot was no more. He was an ex-parrot. Let me ask you something. Are mole people real? Oh, you better believe mole people are real around here. That's what I thought. There's all kinds of things. And and honestly, guys, you know, I got to say, this whole gray dog thing, it's been around for a little while now. And uh, I... I may have seen something. Really? My eyes ain't that good. I'm not going to be an eyewitness to nothing because who gives a shit? I would not be surprised if there's something creeping around down here. You know what I'm saying? More importantly, and back to the point here, uh, do you got one of those photos with you or anything? Can I take a look? The one of Chuck, yeah. Let me take a look at that. My eyes ain't so good, so I'm going to just pinch and zoom here. You don't mind pinching and zoom? This is the old 76th Street station. It's uh, Yes, that's the street name that was underneath it, underneath the photo. Well, it's uh, it's funny because uh, that station doesn't exist. Is that tunnel a, supposed to be a subway station entrance? Here's the funny thing. I'll give you a little history lesson here, okay? Thank you. So back in... Uh, 1948, a little before my time even. If you can believe it, I mean, looking at me, you'd think I'd be around, kicking around. But I didn't work for the city back then. So, But back in 1948, supposedly the 76th Street Station was in operation, but for like a month. And then they sealed it off because they figured out a different way to do it. And uh, they finally sealed it off in 1952. Ever since then, because it was such a short span of time, it kind of got forgotten and nobody really knows where... It's located, but I recognize that keystone, and that was like one of the signature things they did at all of the uh, early stations, and most of those are abandoned now, and you can't even find them. There's been some like urban explorers out looking. They usually like haunt the parks at night, looking for these stations and entrance secret entrances, supposedly down the subway, and uh, you know, Seventy Sixth Street Station. That's that's one of them. That's so crazy. It's so weird. Like, uh, so who's this guy standing in front of the thing? Is he like one of them urban explorer types? I, you know what? He, <laughs> I'm a realtor from Arkham, and he was my client. So this is really, really strange for me. But he's supposed to be gone. And we kind of came here hoping to find him because I was supposed to sell his house, which has since been destroyed. So I kind of need to get in touch with him. And then we saw these pictures and we're trying to figure it out yeah it's very strange i mean he looks kind of familiar to me i don't know why but Hmm. what's his name uh charles blaine 
that guy that killed all them people up at the island uh, resort up north there? Yeah, that that is the same person, but he he didn't kill the people. He, he didn't. Well, who did? Um, they think it was a serial killer that escaped from the cornfield. But he killed a bunch of people. That's what I read, anyways. I mean, it was in the New York Times for a little while there. Yeah, I think I remember that story too. But I I doubt it's the same person. If it is, it's he wasn't the person that did this because I mean, it's a different Charles Blaine. Just trust me on that. It's a common name. <sighs> I had a friend back at the FBI once upon a time, and. Oh, what was his name? My buddy's name is Bancroft. Oh, did he ever do any work at the Massachusetts Division? Oh, yeah. He, well, you know him? Yeah, I got some FBI connections. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Frank Bancroft. Yeah, he was quite the jokester. He still is. I can give him a buzz if you want. This is actually very interesting to him, and I'm sure he'd like to see this uh, photo in particular. Would you mind just sending me a copy of that? Of course I'll send it to you. I'd like to get this off to my buddy Frank, because, uh, you know... We used to play poker back in the day, and, you know, he'd come down into the city, and this would be a real uh, feather in my cap, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate this. And what's your phone number? 588-2300. And it's sent. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guy, right here. Uh, yeah, I'll get this off to him uh, a little bit later today. Uh, so, what are you guys doing right now? Nothing at this point. Hey, guys, what if I told you I know a way? 76th Street Station. <gasps> that would be amazing. Do you guys feel like... Uh, Taking a little uh, spelunk down the tunnels. It's going to be a bit of a walk. It's about three miles. It's quite dark now, but if you stick close to me, we could probably make it in uh, just like an hour or so. Yeah, I'm up for it. I say let's go. Roy, are you good with that? Of course. Let me let me talk to Sally. She's going to make sure that I got somebody to cover my shift here. And, but, ah, eh, fuck it. Who cares? I- <laughs> Crash the trains. <laughs> I, what are they going to do? I'm just, I'm just the administrator now. I don't really, you know, flip any switches, any of that you shit. You administer the straighters. I got to make a quick phone call. Yeah, honey, I'm going to... No, no. We're not getting a fucking duck. We'll talk about it later. I got, I got people here, and uh, we're just going to go for a little... No, no, I don't... Pomeranian? No. I'm not going to be in for lunch. Uh, I, got, I got a little bit of a... You, hey... You're always asking me to go for walks. I'm going to go for a walk, all right? So, all right. So, yeah, I'll see you tonight. All right. Love you too, honey. All right. right. Click. Let's go. Just follow me, guys. Uh, uh, Now, you're not skittish. You don't don't mind rats? No, I love rats. Of course I hate rats. Not afraid of the dark or anything like that? Yes, I'm afraid of the dark, too. Do you have a flashlight? I have a flashlight. Don't worry. Okay. Here's flashlights all around. These are the big, heavy ones. So if you see like a, a big rat, just you know, take a good swing at it. Do you have any booze? Well, I got a little snifter here. You know, uh, let's get lit like it's Gary, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so blackout drunk. You trudge down a short flight of steps from the administration office and onto gravel. Nearby, you can see the rails leading off into dark, separate tunnels and the noise from the people on the station platforms, as well as the arriving and departing trains, is deafening. And yet, he takes you down a central tunnel that appears to be defunct. None of the trains are running on this particular line, and you disappear into the dark with only the sound of your shoes on the gravel. Rocky, the taxi drops you off at 556 Broadway. Between a busy sushi place and a rundown used bookstore squats DBRT Studio, a narrow, two-story unadorned building with a plain door painted gray close behind a welded wire guard door. A small sign with a phone number hangs to the right of the entrance proclaiming no soliciting, appointment only. A miasma of foreboding projects from the flat black painted windows on the second floor. Going to step up to the the door and look at the phone number and make sure it's the same one. It is. All right. I'm going to pull up my phone and, and redial that same number. And as you do so and you start to hear it ring, the front door opens. And you see a woman 
who appears to be in her early 50s, but takes very good care of her skin. She's dressed in a white chiffon dress that hides her feet, so it almost looks like she's hovering. It's very billowy, and she steps into the daylight looking up and down the street. Hello? Uh, yes, I'm the, the one who called earlier. Yes, please come in. And she opens up the guard door. I'm going to step in quickly. Inside, the lower level is obviously being used for storage of art materials, including massive rolls of canvas, boxes, paint cans, crates, rollers, and brushes, as well as tripods, portable lights, and various equipment for photography. It reeks of sandalwood, solvent, and developing fluid. A rickety-looking staircase meanders upward. This is my studio. Uh, please follow me. And she goes up the stairs. It's a very nice space you have here. It's, uh, from what I understand, a rarity to have this much square footage in New York. It's uh, been in my family for a long time. Ah. And she ushers you upstairs into a loft that clearly functions as living quarters. There are no walls or partitions to hide a sprawling and sumptuous circular-shaped bed, a clawfoot ivory bathtub big enough for two, a small kitchenette, and a black leather upholstered desk. And she immediately goes behind the desk and sits down and motions towards the chair opposite. It's a very, uh, very nice place you have here. It's quite, it's, what did the kids say, open concept. And I'm going to stroll over and sit down in the chair. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I, I really enjoy it here. It's uh, quintessential New York, you might say. So, are you my mysterious donor from last night? That's, uh, that would be me, yes. Well, thank you. I, it's so difficult to gain monetary support in this city, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, after seeing the, um, the photos you had on display, it's, it's exquisitely done, by the way. Well, thank you. Uh, it, I'm very proud of this series, and I think it will hopefully fetch some critical notoriety. Uh, if it doesn't, I'd say they don't know what they're missing out on. I appreciate that. Now, you did mention something about Charles Blaine? Yes. Um, you see, I was viewing the photographs in your exhibit, and uh, the one labeled 76th Street, the subject in that photo, very much looks to be one Charles Blaine. That's because it was him. Or at least he claimed it was him. He claimed it was him. It I mean, I didn't check credentials. He said he was Charles Blaine. What is your connection to Charles Blaine? Attempting to locate him. You see, I happened to find uh, something strange underneath his house. Something strange. It's an, an artifact of, of sorts. It was, uh, uh, here, let me, I have, I have a photo and I'm going to show her, pull out my phone and show her a picture of the, the staff. You see, we, we found this uh, in a glass case hidden in a, a secret laboratory of sorts deep underneath the house. I know this. This was crafted by my family. We're artists, and this is clearly of Serbian quality. I, you see this here, this spot here. It's that's our family name, Odobrati. Ah, so that's where. You see, we thought it was just the hotel, not. No, 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 no. My my family is from Serbia. Ah, and I am, of course many generations hence. Uh, but our family used to own the hotel. Uh, it used to be a studio, my father's. And I know you're probably not well-versed in sculpture, but if you were to compare the filigree here around the artifact, you can see if I pinch and zoom, it matches the sconces at the hotel. That is what our family did. Uh, we produce these things. Do you have the artifact with you? I would really love to examine it more. Yes, it is actually um, back at the Hotel Odebrati right now. We, we brought it with us. Well, I mean, if you would like to know more information about it, I, I would need to examine it. If you could bring it to my studio, I could spend some time with it. Yes, of course. I will, I will be sure to retrieve that uh, as soon as we are done with our, our conversation. You see, if been some strange happenings around Mr. Blaine, and uh, we, we 
currently, like as I said, uh, uh, attempting to locate him. You see, uh, we found a key hidden in a compartment inside of the the artifact, and we found out that it led to uh, room 217 inside the hotel. And when we opened the door, we found the room adorned with paintings. Paintings that resembled very closely the photographs that were in your exhibit last night. I see. Okay. I don't have any connection to the hotel currently. Our family sold it off back in the late 80s to the Diamond Group, I believe it was. The artifact had a shipping manifest with it, and it said that it was delivered to that, at least the address of the hotel. I'm assuming at the time it was a studio back probably before you sold it off. I heard somewhere that your family, if you, someone or your, your family had a connection with Charles and they would often go on uh, hunts for, for these strange artifacts. I think so. I think I remember Charles saying something like that, but he did approach me because I'm pretty well known for knowing the subway a bit. Particularly, I have an interest in the abandoned subway tunnels. Huh. The old subway stations that the New York City abandoned back in the 40s and 50s. And he was particularly interested in the one on 76th Street. I knew how to get there, and that's why we took the photo. That's where we took the photo. Interesting. So are all of those photos uh, subway tunnels or entrances to abandon? Yes. Okay. It's actually... Part of my theme and my work, I've been trying to figure out a way to represent them. It took me a long time. It's actually taking me more than 10 years to assemble this collection. Wow, that's uh, dedication. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's, that is what art must be. Dedicated, time-consuming, trial and error. And thankfully, Charles was game for it. And he asked me if there was some place that he could hide out. He's still there. And if you don't mind me asking, where would that be? It's well hidden. There are a few entrances, but there's one sure way to get there. I've arranged with some of my people to allow access for certain folks like Charles. If you like, I could arrange it. For you, if you want to visit the station. Yes, of course. Um, if, only if it's... I don't want to waste any of your time or resources. I'd... You've been more than gracious with your donation, and I really appreciate it. And she reaches into her desk drawer and pulls out what appears to be some sort of subway ticket. But it's gold in color and emblazoned with mystical symbols. You must take the green line north... At precisely midnight, the train will stop at no station, seemingly. Get off the train, walk 50 yards straight ahead. There will only be one door that is open, and you will come to the 76th Street Station, and Charles will greet you there. Are you a friend of his? Well, I'm traveling with a, a friend of his, and I did know his daughter. I'm sure he would appreciate the company. Thank you. This has been very helpful. As I said, I'll um, I'll be sure to get that uh, the the artifact back here to you as as soon as I can. Oh yes, I would really love to see that. Also, um, I do have to say I really did appreciate the the subway focus of your art. You see, I've I've uh, spent some time myself down in the old city hall station, and really the. The artwork, the archways on those ceilings, the, the gothic styling is fantastic. A lot of people don't appreciate the, the work and the, some of the artistry that's in some of these stations. That is exactly my point. I am trying to unearth history and present it to people who may not know better and will be astounded at what is hidden beneath our feet. I said I will uh, head back to the hotel and make sure I uh, get that to you post-haste. Um, one other thing, it's going to be a, a little strange. We've been hearing stories of a very lanky, gray-skinned dog man thing running around the subway tunnels. You wouldn't happen to know. I mean, I've heard 
stories, but I would love to get photographic evidence of something that bizarre. If I happen to find him down there, I'll be sure to ask for a portrait of, of, of for you. Or her. Or her. It, really. I, I shouldn't assume genders. Okay, I will get a, a portrait of them for you. Well, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I, as you know, I am Marigold. What was your name? Uh, Rocky. Rocky Arroyo. Pleasure to meet you. And she reaches across and shakes your hand. I am going to need you to make three D hundred rolls. Oh jeez. Seventy-seven, nineteen, forty-six. Ironically, the combination to my logger right now. As you shake her hand, you get the distinct impression that she's clearly lying about something. She's clearly trying to lure you into some sort of ambush. You also notice as you stand up to leave. Beneath the black leather desk, set into the floor, you can see a hinge, a fire safe, installed into the floor. And the combination is 77-19-46. And she takes you downstairs. You take one last look around the lower level, all the boxes and crates and rolls of canvas. And just as you're about ready to leave through the front door, you notice that there's a penny lying on the ground. And it's the year 1990. I'm going to, as nonchalantly as possible, try and and scoop the penny up on the way out. And it's clearly one of those trick pennies that's been glued to the floor. Oh. You go through an awkward moment where... You're stooped over, and you can hear a snicker behind you. Did you drop something? I have not seen that one since since my college years. You got me good there. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist it. You would not believe the amount of folks who stop and try to pick up the pennies. So you're not alone. Penny saved is a penny earned. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day, and and please uh, send over the artifact as soon as possible. Again, thank you for, for everything. Um, I really appreciate all your, your help here. I just, also the penny was, I, I give you, that was a, a, a good one, but you know, takes, takes a lot to pull something over on someone like me. You know, I'm, I'm a lot sharper than I appear. And usually I spot these things coming from a mile away. And those who do try to pull one over on me, well, it's the last thing they try and pull. Well noted. Goodbye. And she closes the door with a slight smirk. Pippa and Roy, you've been trudging for quite some time with Choo Choo in the lead, clearly outpacing you. This old man is quite hardy. And even though he's stoop-shouldered and walks with a wide gait, he's uh, constantly looking over his shoulder to make sure that you're still behind him. And keeping up a patter the entire time. So what brings you in the city? Uh, a, a car. Other than a car. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one a thousand times. Smart asses. Remembering my dad's jokes. Oh, your dad, huh? Is he around still? No, unfortunately not. Which of these tunnels are... Ah, shit. I, I, I'm sorry, guys. It's been a little while since I've been down this way. Uh, what do you think? Uh, left or right? Left. Come on. Try to keep up, all right? And he starts trudging down the left tunnel. You gonna elbow Roy? Let's keep an eye on him. He seems like a good guy. Stop shining the flashlight in my face just to talk to me. You don't need to shine it in my eyes. Just a little scatterbrained is all. Okay. Well, let's just be extra cautious, okay? And then I start walking. So you you finish up your conversation there, and Roy got a little uh, free with the flashlight. So by the time uh, your your sight comes back to normal, you realize you don't see Choo Choo anywhere. Hmm, that is not good. I call out, Choo Choo, where did you go? Go, go, go. I look back at Roy and I go, Roy, get up here. I do not want to be alone. Why, there's just a ton of rats and whatever down here. Roy, where did he go? I don't know. Either left or right. Mr. McGee! Gee, 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 gee. Choo-choo! I think he said it was to the right. I thought he said to the left. Flip a coin. All right, we'll go right, so that way if we're wrong, it's not my fault. Sounds good. I'm going to pull out my whistle, and I'm just going to give it the SOS whistle. What's that sound like? (whistles) It's so quiet, no one will ever hear it. And the 
sound of your whistle echoes down into the darkness. And then a moment later, you hear in the distance. (laughs) Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. All right, guys. It's time for some recommendals. Let's get it on. We're going to share some geeky obsessions. Please roll D-Hondo. Gabe, you get to go. I'm going to recommend something I was pretty skeptical about until I finally pulled the trigger and got one. And now I think that they're really good quality and can't recommend them more. It's winter, so I'm into tiki stuff. It'll be summer soon, so normal people will be into it. Geeky tikis. They make just really cool, very high-quality like tiki mugs out of characters. It's not something that I want to like fill my bar with, but I think it's cool to have a few of them laying around. Even if you're not into tiki, they're cool decorations and cool to drink out of. The ones that I got that convinced me and they were on sale to try it were the Three Stooges ones. They're fantastic and I really love them. So now I'm probably going to go ahead and get myself the Popeye and Bluto ones. The pictures, I will say, don't do them justice sometimes. The pictures make them look kind of low quality, kind of hard to tell what they are, but once you get them, they look really nice. Like, And they're, they're real ceramic, they're real high-quality stuff, which is honestly surprising considering the nature of how they mass-produce them. They're really cool. They, they hold a lot of liquid in them, and they're reasonably priced, so if you're building a tiki bar, and you like Batman, there's your perfect middle ground. So yeah, that's Geeky Tiki's Geeky with an I. All right, thanks, Gabe. Matt, you are up next, buddy. So after many years of absence from the scene and multiple delays and pushbacks, super happy to say that uh, Dying Light 2, Stay Human, is finally here. And it is totally worth playing. It's a game where you play a runner named Aiden as he ventures into a new city in search of his sister Mia in some sort of attempt to not only find her, but to figure out what happened to them when they were kids. You get vague memories of being, you know, in a hospital with a strange doctor and rumors of experiments in search of a a potential cure for a zombie virus. And the game boils down to you parkouring around the city in a very well-done parkour system, fighting zombies and bandits and trying to help the people of the city at the same time you're trying to figure out where your sister is and if she's still alive, if you can save her. The main crux of the game is the the parkour and the combat and how beautifully intertwined they are. It starts out a little slow, but once you get a few skill points and you start unlocking some of the moves, such as the ability to springboard off of objects for a greater distance or the ability to burn some stamina to dash to get up to full speed a little quicker uh, you really do start finding a new way to move through the city you start looking at you know gaps between buildings or large you know spaces between rooftops as not just obstacles but as opportunities you can you know jump long distances and then roll once you hit the ground to keep your momentum running and then hop onto a wall and cross a gap that way and then if you have to you can you know drop off a roof and you know drop kick right on top of a zombie to take it out and it becomes a really a really fluid game of traversal and knowing when to pick when you need to stop and fight and when you are fighting using those movement abilities you have to your advantage because the combat system is also to a degree tied into the parkour as well it's a beautiful open world brian and i have been playing co-op since it came out we're still on like the first small like introduction tutorial section of the map because every time we go to do something like oh there's a, a question mark over here what's this and oh there's a side mission over there let's do that so there's a, a lot to do it's a really well crafted world it's beautiful and it's a lot of fun just to sprint around the rooftops and uh, just to just to see what your your parkour skills can do for you if you like running if you like jumping and if you like uh bashing zombies go ahead and give dying light 2 a chance thank you matt appreciate that and uh brian you're up next buddy. i am going to recommend a youtube channel for older people uh it's actually neebs gaming uh there are a bunch of guys that work together in the film industry they realized that their passion was animation but obviously animation is expensive 
So to fund that, they started a gaming channel on YouTube, and they're a bunch of 40-something guys. They play, like, um, stuff that's in alpha and beta, so not a lot of people play it. Like uh, Seven Days to Die, where you have seven days to survive in this zombie apocalypse and build up a, a base, and then the hordes attack you. Each person has their own character that they've become, and they play that character. Once they're in the game, that's who they are. Except for one guy, and I think he's the oldest. His name is Simon, and he can never remember the controls. He never knows what to do. He always... friendly fires his own teammates by accident he falls off a building it's very funny to watch because they they laugh like we laugh when we play this game they laugh together like that it really reminds me of that camaraderie that we have when we play together and i really enjoy watching them do that and then they also have a series because of that their their youtube channel neebs gaming that's so successful they actually have an animation series called battlefield friends where it's an animated series where they make fun of uh, the Battlefield games. So um, definitely check them out. It's Neebs Gaming, and uh, they're just a lot of fun. They've got a couple different series, and they've got, like, the super cuts, so you can watch one whole series that they put together in, like, a three- or four-hour thing over time. So Appreciate that. We'll check that out. So my recommendo tonight is going to be for a game, but not the game you're thinking of. Recently, I ran a one-shot scenario as a Patreon-only secret tape using the now-out-of-print Army of Darkness RPG. I purchased the core rulebook on drivethroughrpg.com because it was on sale. Also, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. I figured at the very least it would be something fun to read. I really didn't have any plans beyond that. But the game is based on something called the Unisystem Mechanics, which is surprisingly light when you get down to it. All roles are simply d 10 modified by appropriate abilities and skills, and that's kind of it. Otherwise, the stories uh, and scenarios align with the movies, with the players portraying promised ones who find themselves in the world of deadites, trying to save the world from the influence of the evil dead, and above all else, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. While we played a slimmed-down, streamlined version, there are plenty of ridiculous, over-the-top combat maneuvers and hilarious situations that align with the horror comedy aesthetic that you'd expect from Raimi and the gang. If you dig those flicks and have ever wanted to strap on a chainsaw onto your bloody stub, I can endorse Army of Darkness RPG. It was a good time. All right, guys. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our socials, including Discord, Reddit, YouTube, Twitch, and much, much more. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody knows how to dissolve super glue from the bottom side of a penny, uh, hit me up on Twitter at the real weird kid, because that penny will be mine. And if you're from Gary, Indiana, and you have gripes or want to praise me, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. If anybody wants to take a road trip with me, hit me up on Brian Podcast. And we'll we'll go. We'll go to Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Until next time, roll for. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.